1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, the team preview series rolls on. We are uh, we're talking about my secondary fandom tonight, the Louisville Cardinals, and we bring back an esteemed guest that you know and love. Uh, Mike, you want to tell us about him? Yep, esteemed guest indeed. we got Ethan Moore coming back
2: on from 93.9 The Ville, of course, in Louisville. He's the host of Louisville Sports Live. That's every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. local time there on that radio station. Ethan, we had you on in February uh, talking Scott Satterfield, and we bring you back on to talk not only Scott Satterfield, but the Louisville football program and what really is a year zero situation, but how you doing?
0: I'm doing well, guys. Your check is in the mail for the kind words. Appreciate it, and um, hopefully, um, you all deleted the podcast last fall where I said Louisville football was going to have a winning record last year.
1: I felt bad. I felt like I was just being like kind of negative and and kind of bringing you down. But at the end of the day, I guess I was right. So it's kind of redeeming in that way. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You you were right uh, a lot more than I was. Well, hopefully we'll all be right tonight. Um, there we go. We'll say we'll say some really nice stuff, and hopefully we're right about it. Um, yeah, yeah, for better or worse, um, right? <laughs> so, Ethan, let's talk about 2019. As as we mentioned before, the the Bobby Petrino era is over in Louisville again, and uh, moving through that coaching search again, you came on and talked to us in February that um, Jeff Brom was the presumed hire there to replace him. He's uh, the the hometown boy. He was he's Louisville's favorite son, and uh, it just didn't really work out. And I think there was a little bit of shock that came with that. But really, when you when you kind of took a step back, took a deep breath, uh, and looked at the the final hiring decision, I think the the fan base typically was pretty happy, really, with how the whole thing turned out. And and Scott Satterfield, by all means, seems like it was a really good hire for Louisville to make.
0: Yeah, you're right. I think um, after initially when Brom, you know, that was the that was the buzz name, and everybody was on board with that, um, myself included. A lot of people weren't exactly sure who Scott Satterfield was, uh, but once you kind of took the time to research his, uh, what he did at App State, uh, the type of coach he is, his character, et cetera, how his peers felt about him. I mean, he's really um, rubbing off on me in a positive way. I, I liked the hire back uh, in the winter, but now I love it. I mean, I, I think his staff is, is sensational. Um, the The culture of the program has, has done a complete 180, which um, little fans will know that that's, Desperately needed, uh, but you know, again, we'll, we'll see what happens this year with the field uh, on the field in terms of uh, what the results are and wins and losses. But I don't think, and Scott Statterfield said as much at ACC kickoff, um, that that's going to be the end all be all of, of Louisville football success as far as the measuring stick goes.
2: Yeah, I found his comments at ACC kickoff not surprising, but I, I think it was it was a realist view, right? I mean, I think he understands what he's inheriting there at Louisville, given the fact that you know, the roster isn't necessarily where he thinks it needs to be. And obviously he's implementing an entirely new culture there and that doesn't happen overnight. I think it's clear that, you know, he is aware of that and uh, he's ready to jump, you know, head first into this 2019 season and however ugly it might look wins and losses wise, I think he's definitely aiming towards a long-term benefit of the program to kind of take your lumps here early.
0: Yeah. Is that, Mike, that's exactly what, um, He's been saying, and and, and, I, and, I'm, and I like that. I like the fact that, you know, he said he, he does like this team, but he also said at ACC kickoff that um, he thought that the roster would be a lot better. But he said there would be several guys at App State that would start over some guys that played at Louisville. And he also said that there's some Louisville guys that would start over guys at App State as well. But the fact that, you know, multiple people he felt would start um, from App State over guys at Louisville, I mean, it just speaks to the problem. Um, that Petrino allowed it to get to in this last season, which was an absolute disaster.
1: It was one of the things I was going to ask about, Ethan, is like it, it seems like all the comments that, that Satterfield is making is very down-to-earth, and he recognizes that this is a rebuild It's going to take a couple of years to really start to see some fruits of that. And, and it seems like everybody kind of agrees on this, but I, I guess I wanted to know if, if there's anything in particular that you can look at and say is a realistic expectation for this season of – Basically, is there a is there a certain point that they have to hit for the season to be a success, or is it pretty much just, again, kind of reestablish the culture and be better in November than you are in September?
0: Yeah, I mean, Joey, what, what he's been saying, and, uh, you know, again, like at ACC kickoff and to how it is now, I don't think the vast majority of Louisville fans are really focusing on that win and loss record. I say this on the show all the time, it's going to be Pop Warner-ish, I mean, playing hard for the entire game, not giving up when you're down multiple touchdowns, um, and then showing that you have the ability to compete. I think my main key, what I want to see for uh, a success, is I don't want to see that loser mentality. When you're down 14, 21 points, you hang your head, and for all intents and purposes, you give up. That's what we saw numerous times last year, uh, including against your Yellow Jackets, uh, where I think they just scored again. Um But still, I mean, overall, better effort, um, taking the coaching and having a better attitude. I think those are in terms of uh, what Louisville fans are going to be watching in terms of success. But given the fact that the players have bought in to coach Satterfield, the players will get actual coaching this year. I think that'll translate into a couple of more wins. But I mean, if we're being honest, the bar was set pretty low.
2: Yeah, it seems like it was set unbelievably low just by obviously the product on the field. And you calling it, okay, this year it's going to be Pop Warner-ish, just play hard till the end of the game for once. I mean, I sense a lot about what was just kind of endured in the Bobby Petrino era, part two.
0: Yeah, you're right. And and it's sad that, you know, again, November of 2016, Louisville's ranked fifth going into a Thursday night showdown at Houston. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Heisman Trophy winner. And then, and I go back a few weeks before that, Louisville lost that, that thriller and Death Valley Clinton 42-36, to 36. but most Louisville fans left that game feeling, you know what, Louisville competed with them. You could certainly make the case that Louisville should have won. You know, if there's, a, if there's something to take away positive from a loss, that game was a, a textbook loss for you to do that. But Louisville was never the same. Sure, they won about four or five in a row after that, but they didn't look sharp. They struggled a lot of the times. They, Louisville was never the same after that loss. And then still I think it got glossed over somewhat. But if you think of it in terms of you know, Lamar Jackson being a starting quarterback, you could certainly make the argument that he was the best quarterback in the last decade, especially when you look at his statistics. And Louisville went just 17-9 and and didn't even win a bowl game. So Petrino started to woefully underachieve in Lamar Jackson's career, even though he won a Heisman. I mean, 9-4 and four and 8-5 and five for Louisville football, generally that's a solid year. But with a superstar guy like that, Jair Alexander, another first-round draft pick, to only go seventeen and nine over those two years, I mean that was the precursor. Nobody thought the 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 bottom would fall out like it did last year, but it certainly did. And you know Lamar Jackson masked a ton of deficiencies, obviously, and that showed true this past season.
1: Ethan, let's let's talk about the offense a little bit coming in. So moving to Scott Satterfield here, I think schematically it's going to be a little bit different from what we saw under Bobby Petrino, who ran much more of a conventional pro-style type of offense. He, he started to add some traditional spread elements in, we'll say, over the past couple of years. But um, I think offensively it's going to look a little bit different here under Scott Satterfield than it has. Um, talk about, I guess, what what you're expecting to see and how it's going to be a little different.
0: I think you're going to see um, the run offense featured a tad bit more than the passing offense. I don't think you're going to see anything where uh, Louisville – even, even once they get going in the roster is how Satterfield and staff want it to be, you're not going to see 60, 50-point games where the offense is putting up stuff. You're going to see methodical drives, um, getting the defense off balance, some, um, some read option, some short slants, stuff like that to eat up the clock, long drives, et cetera. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be flashy, but I think it's going to be effective. That's what he did at App State in the Sun Belt. And, again, you can't compare, you can't compare the Sun Belt to the ACC. But given his body of work, you know, his offense and his program overall has been very successful. I think that that will translate into Louisville and in the ACC, but I think it's going to take a couple seasons.
2: So looking at the offense heading into this year, obviously for Jawan Pass, who was the starter last year, eight touchdowns, 12 picks. Louisville was one of the worst teams in the country in a lot of categories. But the one that stood out to me is turnover margin. Um, What are the expectations would Juwan pass at the quarterback position in this new offense? Hopefully this will put him in a better position to succeed under Satterfield than it did under Petrino. I felt like last year he was left out to dry a good bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great way to put it. Um, so speaking of turnover margin, at little ranked dead last in the ACC and 125th nationally. So dead on there with that analysis. I think what what Coach Satterfield wants out of his quarterback, and I, you know everything that I've heard, it will be Juwan Pass who will get the start September second against Notre Dame. He has to make better decisions. You mentioned it eight to twelve ratio touchdowns to picks. That's not very good. Also, he completed just 54 percent of his passes. Uh, We had heard through numerous sources that uh, Petrino had just drained him mentally. He didn't have any confidence, and that plays into it um, as well. But also there were several times where he made the wrong decisions. He threw a bad pass, case in point, uh, Florida State. Again, I blame Petrino uh, more than pass because of the ridiculous play call. It's first and 10 at the 19. You call a pass play, just run the ball. You had about two minutes left in the game. There was no excuse to throw that ball Still, Again, one of the 12 interceptions, and again, he wasn't very accurate. Uh, but I think, again, given Satterfield's offensive prowess, his offensive game plans, he's going to put Pass in a position to be successful. He's not going to ask him to do anything that they feel that he cannot do well, and I think you're going to see his numbers vastly improve because of that.
1: Ethan, I'm a little surprised to hear that that Pass is, looking at, is, I guess, the prospective starter here. Um, I, I figure with Satterfield's mm-hmm. offense, it's there's going to be a certain element of the quarterback run game involved. And the quarterback last year that led the team in rushing was Malik Cunningham. Um then again, I mean, he he had so few opportunities to pass, it almost makes me wonder, would the idea that passes starting mean that they are confident in his ability to move and kind of orchestrate that that QB run game, or is it more of a an indictment on Cunningham's ability to pass and, and make good decisions and uh, move the offense that way.
0: No, I think um, what you said first would be a little bit more accurate. I mean, uh, Malik Cunningham wasn't the strongest thrower out there, but also, Juwan Pass is a lot more athletic than what he showed. Again, I think it was the mental game. He would hold on to the ball too long because, again, he wasn't very seasoned when he went in there to become a starter for the first time. Um, he, the staff does like his ability to move the chains with his legs. Now he's certainly not as quick or a dynamic as Lamar Jackson, but he can move the chains and he's a big, big kid as well. So uh, I don't have his his exact uh, bio with that. I think he's 230, roughly right around in there. So he's a big, he's a big kid. He can move a pile if need be in short yardage situations, but at the staff. Really likes the spring that he had, uh, his ability to become a leader. And remember, he was wanted by the who's who of college football. I mean, he was recruited. He picked Louisville over Alabama and Auburn, both had committable offers. So I think that kind of gets lost every now and then um, when we're when we when we talk about pass. I mean, he met with which coach which Coach Saban in his office a couple of weeks before he picked Louisville. So you know, again, I'm not ready to give up on him. Didn't have a very good season. That's not yeah you know. You know certainly not breaking news, bunny stretch. I think he will be successful. And again, Statterfield's offense will, will, will definitely put him in that direction.
2: What's the key to spring this running game? Cause obviously the running game struggled last year. You know, we talked about turnover margin from an reception standpoint, but the running game really didn't get anything going. I know the offensive line's been an issue for a few years. Um, I remember a few years ago, you know, we got together, we were talking about the, um, the inability for Louisville to block for Lamar Jackson when he was still playing quarterback. And now, we saw the same types of issues last year with Jawan Pass. I'm just wondering how much of this is on the offensive line, and how much of this is on the running backs. Um, I know Hassan Hall is a returning starter there at the position, but only a little over 300 yards rushing last year. Again, um, as Joey outlined, Malik Cunningham, who was the backup quarterback and stepped in as a starter for, for points in time, was the leading rusher on the team. So what's it going to take to get the running game going there for Louisville?
0: You hit the nail on the head again. I think it was mostly the offensive line. And that's the biggest question again on offense. They have some talented guys, Makai Becton, Cole Bentley, as my four-year-old comes in here. Um, so, I don't know. They also have a, tra- a graduate transfer, TJ McCoy, from Florida. So, I think that will, that will certainly improve things as well. Uh, but they're going to have to get better in both pass blocking and run blocking. I think the major answer for that is Coach Dwayne Ledford, who was um, – Uh, a consensus top 10 elite offensive line coach. He is now coming into the fold. He was highly thought of. I saw a report last week that he was actually offered the App State head coaching job and turned it down because he wanted to be the offensive coordinator at UofL.
1: Okay. So, Ethan, we've we've talked about Juwan Pass. We talked about Malik Cunningham. Are there – you mentioned a couple of other guys on the offensive line. Are there one or two other playmakers on offense that – are names that we should know or will know by the end of this season based on what you expect from them this year?
0: Yeah, I think – I mean, Louisville has a very talented trio of wide receivers. Uh, Seth Dawkins, Des Fitzpatrick, Tutu Atwell. These are guys that I think will, will have – uh, a breakout season, especially Tutu, At- Tutu Atwell. Des Fitzpatrick has shown glimpses of stardom, but I mean, last year was such a mess. They didn't get to put their talent on display. Seth Dawkins is a sure-handed receiver, but he's been battling the injury bug over the last few uh, last few weeks of last year, so he didn't get a full season under his belt as well. But Dawkins, Fitzpatrick, and Atwell are, are the three names on, uh, that are wide receivers for UFL that, that I think will have very successful seasons.
2: I think wide receiver might be the deepest part of this team, at least on the offensive side of the football. Um, you know, we're talking about how Louisville is rebuilding in a lot of areas across the board. It doesn't really seem like receivers wanted them, even though they do lose Jalen Smith the course, to graduation.
0: Correct. Yeah. Then there's no doubt about it. The, the wide receiver group is certainly the most uh, deep. Also, uh, the running backs. We had the running backs coach on our show a couple of weeks ago, and they said they like the eight guys that they have on the roster. And now that they weren't even, unless that there was a must take, they weren't even planning to bring in a running back in the twenty twenty class because they were so happy with the eight guys that they have right now on the roster.
1: Um, even let's let's move over and talk about the defense. Um, so last year under the notorious BVG, this, uh. <laughs> this this turned into kind of a mess on defense, and it was. It was really disappointing to see, honestly, with how well they played defensively under Charlie Strong. And then uh, even with, oh, the name is escaping me, um, coordinator for a couple Grant. first couple of years under Petrino, uh, Todd Grantham. Peter Sermon. Todd Grantham. They, they looked pretty good. Oh, Grantham. Grantham yeah, and Sermon. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it, it, after Todd Grantham left and went to Mississippi State, I mean, the whole thing just completely fell apart, and, and BVG was unable to uh, improve upon Peter Sermon's mess from a couple of years ago. Now, coming over from Appalachian State, Scott Satterfield, you know they, they had a really strong defense there um, for years. That was honestly one of the calling cards of that team was a really fast physical defense. Uh, and Satterfield brings Brian Brown with him. He was the, the DC there for the uh, previous year with Satterfield, and he was there for uh, a number of years before that as well, so he's very familiar with the system. Is there reason to believe that there is talent on that side of the ball to pair with Brian Brown's coaching uh, abilities that this will actually get back to being like a respectable defensive
0: unit. I don't know if respectable could be, you know, the adjective to describe this group in year one. I do think there's a lot of talent in place on the first team. Uh, Boosie Whitlow, a transfer from South Carolina, CJ Avery, he was um, an Under Armour All American, Dorian Etheridge, an all ACC caliber player, Raj J Burns, who was switching from the secondary to a linebacker spot. Uh, Russ Yeast, another Under Armour All-American at the safety spot. Uh, Treshawn Smith, who's been hurt at the other safety spot. With uh, Like the offense, there's pieces that are talented. However, the overall depth will be problematic for this team. Uh, the, like the offense with the uh, offensive line, but the defense, the defensive line is, is by far the biggest question mark. Uh, they didn't get a lot of push. They didn't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Uh, very few sacks. I mean, it was awful. Uh, you know, again, if you go with the defensive numbers as well, there's 130 Division One teams. Louisville was 128th in scoring defense, 127th in rushing, and 122nd in total defense. So they were a disaster. Um, and so – I do think, again, with, with like the offense, the, the players have bought in. They're going to get actual coaching. The talent um, of the coaching staff is at a high level, in my opinion, and I think that will bear itself out. There will be much improved. Now, if you go from the 120s to 70s, do you have a very good defense? Probably lower end of average. But if you can statistically improve 50 spots, I mean, you're going in the right direction. That's what I expect to see with this team. And then again, that's why I think it's going to translate into a couple more wins.
2: God, I thought Virginia Tech's defense was bad, and it was, but you rattled off those numbers, scoring defense, total defense, rushing defense, pass defense, How just how bad it was for Louisville last year. And, and the one thing you mentioned is the respectability factor. Nowhere to go but up. Um, and, I, and I think just given the talent you all have, at least on the first team, uh, I think it's safe to say that there will be some improvement at the very least.
0: Sure. Yeah, I mean it was a they I think um, your boy BBG ran a four three Swiss cheese defense. I mean there was holes everywhere. Secondary, defensive line, linebackers. I mean, you know, they were missing tackles left and right. I mean, it was ridiculous. Guys were running wide open. Um, you know, just toughness, effort, energy, it was all lacking. And again, that's not going to be the excuse anymore. These guys are gonna be playing hard. Now, will it translate into wins? Most likely not, by and large, overall the entire season, but I think you're going to see a much better product on the field. The guys are going to take pride in their team, unlike last year.
1: Mike, you good to move on to the schedule? Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Um, and, and, Ethan, you talk about, again, trying to get some improvement over the course of the season, and, and again, you want the team to be better in November than it is in September as they play games and kind of get the the system under their belts and, and get, some, get some reps in place, and um, you kind of work in some players over time that you think are really going to be your playmakers, that kind of thing. And so, as much as it's nice to think that they'll be better in mid-November than they are in early September, this schedule is not forgiving. Um, you, there is not a whole lot of easy, easy games on here, and, and the easiest games are going to be up front. So you're getting better, but your tougher games, you know, are on the road. They're late in the season this for for a season where you might try to sneak some wins at the end as the team gets better this schedule really even
0: does not uh does not lend itself well to that particularly well joy i'm glad that you mentioned that because there's several i mean there's even several Louisville fans that are they kind of look at this schedule and they don't think it's all that tough it is i mean phil still ranked at 15th toughest uh, you mentioned it. I mean, you play the defending national champion. you you open with Notre Dame, a team that was in college football playoff. Syracuse is a consensus top 20 team. Virginia has made several preseason top twenty five polls. Um, NC State. They're not going to you know jump out of the page at you. They lose a lot, but still, um, that's on the road. And then Miami. Again, they're picked first or second to win the Coastal. Virginia's picked first or second to win the Coastal. So, Louisville has certainly got its work cut out for them. It's going to be a tough – got a tough draw this year. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Ethan, do you think
2: this is a situation where – and again, you know, Louisville went 2-10 and 10 last year. Do you think it's a situation where Louisville could go 2-10 and 10 again but be vastly better?
0: No, Mike. I mean, I think – I see a couple more wins in there just because um, – I believe there's talent on, on this roster. And then again, with the coaching, I, I just feel like there's, again, I can't say there's no way because, you know, hell, with you guys, I predicted 8-4 last year and wasn't even close. But, you know, I think that you Louisville's going to have a losing record, but I certainly think that that's going to translate into a couple more wins with better play on the field. Now, there's two must-wins, obviously Eastern and Western Kentucky. I think that Louisville will handle those guys. But – I think there's a group of four schools. Um, That's at Florida State, Boston College, at Wake Forest, and then at NC State. I think there's a chance that Louisville could get two of those four. Um, I certainly wouldn't expect Louisville to win all four of those games, but I certainly think that there's a great chance for Louisville to get a win. At Florida State, yes, it's in Tallahassee, but last year, Louisville was a dumb uh, dumb pass play call away from being Florida State for the third straight year. And so again, even with the turnover, if Louisville had a defense worth anything, I mean, Florida State only had like a minute and a half to go down the field to to score the winning touchdown. So Louisville should have beaten Florida State again. And I still think that there's you know there's a chance that you know people are going to be playing Louisville and they're going to come in overconfident. That's just human nature. They're going to see um, you know how Louisville was last year. They're not going to have the best record. I think after the first six games of the year. And so you're going to see teams that are going to overlook the cards. And I think, you know, with relatively good health now, that that's contingent upon Louisville's health being being pretty good, you know, mid-season on, I think that there's a chance that Louisville could sneak up against the teams. But, again, I'm not, I'm not calling for bowl eligibility or anything like that. But, Mike, to answer your question, I don't think that this is a repeat two and ten. I mean, we're not going to gauge the success of the season on wins and losses, but I think you're going to see, you know, Louisville – notch a couple of league victories and, you know, improve on last year's dismal season. And I still cannot believe we're talking about Louisville football going two and 10 and that four and eight could be like signs of progress. I'm still not able to grasp that.
1: Yeah. Big upgrade. It's pretty yeah. unbelievable. I, Ethan, the, the thing that bothers me, and I I kind of agree that that's a, a pretty critical set of four games, the late September at Florida state, early October, home against Boston college at Wake forest. And then, in November at NC state. I mean, I think that's a pretty critical set of four games. Those are division opponents, all that. My biggest issue with that is that three of them are on the road. Yeah. I mean, again, I particularly the Boston college, wake forest and NC state games seem like they, they would feel a little bit more winnable at, at home, I guess. And only Boston college is at home. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of what I think about when I think of this, not setting up great is your, your toughest games are at home with Clemson and Notre Dame, but Those are also borderline unwinnable, and not just because it's Louisville, but because it's not one of maybe ten programs in the country that would consider that a a decent chance at a
0: win, you know. Um, Correct, yeah. I mean, that's a fair point. That's a fair point, Joe. I mean, I'm just trying to find – I mean, maybe Louisville could surprise Virginia. Maybe Syracuse. Again, it's just so – like I'm not going to put myself out there on that on that ledge like I did last year because I just this year for me and a lot most Louisville fans like I got to see it to believe it. Like you know I think that they're going to be improved. I think that there's certainly you can make the the case that they're going to be improved, even if it's not wins and losses. But they were so bad in all facets. I mean, not just on the field, but I mean the demeanor, the attitude, the lack of effort. I mean, across the board, it was a colossal failure. So for me, I mean, I think Satterfield and staff and the players have done everything that they possibly can in the offseason to prepare themselves to have a successful year. But at the end of the day, I mean, we're going to just – I mean, the proof has to be in the pudding. And for me to believe it and to get on board, I mean, I'm going to have to see it. Uh, but, again, I do think that they're going to they're going to scrape and claw two more wins than they did last year. Um, I think certainly pivotal. I mean, I could see – honestly, guys, you might call me crazy. I could see Louisville – Again, I don't think it's going to happen, but I could see Louisville going 4-1 and the first five games. I really could. But I could see Louisville going 0-7 to finish out the year as well. Um, I don't think either of those two will be the case. But, I mean, when it's all said and done, I, I'm going to project 4-8 and and 2-6 and in the league. Um, but, again, I, you know, you could get Florida State. You could be 3-1. and Then you have a bye week. Boston College is at home. Again, Boston College has proven to be the better team. But I don't think it's certainly um, an unwinnable case for Louisville, especially at home, coming off a of bye week, either. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. But again, overall, I'm going I'm to have to see it to believe it with this team.
1: All right. So four and eight from Ethan, Mike. What do you got? Uh, I was going to ask what you had first, but uh, I'll go ahead. Let's see. Um,
2: I think I'm going three and nine, uh, one and seven in conference play. I think. There is a shot that that game at the end of the year against Kentucky could be semi-interesting because Kentucky's losing a ton as Mm -hmm. well. Um, Now you talk about a program that's already established, and um, obviously Mark Stoops has done a great job there, but it's a rivalry game. Um, I get that it's on the road. They're losing a ton, but that's a game I could see at the end of the year, especially with what we assume is going to happen to Louisville. You know, they're that's really all they're playing for, and Kentucky might be sleeping on them a little bit. And it's a rivalry game. I, I could see them maybe, you know, stealing that one in an upset and, and getting to four wins. But I think I'm pretty set on three and nine, one and seven in the ACC. And, and Joey and Ethan, I can't point out which game it's going to be. Um, In conference play that they're going to get I guess if I had to pick one Maybe it's October 5th against Boston College Um, Because you do get that game at home It does seem winnable Maybe you go on the road to Wake Forest But I'm pretty high on Wake Forest this year I think they're going to be pretty good Um, I I think that's a tough game to win On the road But I think talent-wise I think at least with the first team Louisville can match up across the board And maybe overwhelm Wake Forest a little bit With some of the playmakers that they have On the offensive side of the football So maybe that's a game you steal But I'm just going to settle for three and nine. I think you win the Eastern Kentucky and Western Kentucky game and you win one ACC game somewhere else. But again, wins and losses aren't going to really determine the success of this season for Louisville, in my opinion, just because it's going to be such a hefty rebuild here, at least in the first year with Satterfield. But uh, I, I think after this, you're going to be expecting a lot more out of Louisville football, but it could be pretty ugly here in year one.
1: Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you, Mike, thinking that three and nine number sounds kind of right. I, maybe I'm kind of wishing it into like four and eight and agreeing with Ethan here is that, you know, I, I look at games like Boston College at Wake Forest, Syracuse at home even. Um, man, I wish that NC State game wasn't in Raleigh. There's a couple of those that I would think or are, are, I would feel better about maybe picking an upset or something with Louisville if, if it was at Cardinal Stadium. But, um... Yeah, you know what? I'm going to ride with Ethan here. I'm going to say four and eight. I'm going to say they go. They get two league wins. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they won both Boston College and Atway Forest. Um, now that might be about it for the winning. Um, they they'd be four and two in in uh, middle of October and, and might not win again. And that's that's okay. Again, we're talking about a year where we're trying to establish a little bit of consistency and, and establish some playmakers and kind of get it together for for 2020 and beyond but i'm gonna wishfully say four and eight two and six in the league and um but probably that's probably about as good as it gets here i think um for what it's worth i got the vegas win total up it is at three and a half um i don't know that i'm betting that really in either direction if if gun to my head i'd probably bet under
0: but I'd probably just leave that alone knowing that it could kind of go either way. I think is what we're saying. Man, I, I tell you what, if I, if you gave me that three and a half number, I'm taking the over with, with, with a little bit of confidence. Um, now I think four would be the ceiling, but I would take that three. I would take over in the three and a half. I hope I, I can get that somewhere at some sports book. Cause I would bet the over on that one
1: for what it's worth. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like this Louisville team is like completely
0: devoid of talent. You know, it's, it's, No, they're not. It's just the depth. The depth is a concern. If you lose, I mean, Dorian Etheridge, again, the ACC performer, he was hurt most of the year. Last year they lost um, their best defensive lineman in the second quarter of the Alabama game last year for the season. So, I mean, they had two major injuries and then, you know, then obviously the wheels fell off, but yeah, it's, there's talent on this team now. They, they, they're going to have to answer a lot of question marks on the offensive and defensive line. But, I mean, there's something – there's pieces in place to work with.
2: And certainly, like, if Jawan Pass were to take a step forward, you find a little bit in the running game. I mean, there's a lot of elements here, but there's talent in the receiving core. There's obviously talent at running back. There's talent at quarterback. There is some talent, especially at the linebacker position on defense. I mean, there is talent on this team, that, like you mentioned, if – you know, it becomes a depth game here. And there's also the uncertainty with the entire ACC where I could see Louisville, you know, winning a few more games than either one of us predicted. You know, maybe they do get to four or five. I mean, NC State's losing a ton. Um, Wake Forest offensively, they got to pick a quarterback, right? Um, there, there are some questions in the Atlantic. We don't know what Florida State's going to be. They should be better. But in reality, who actually knows? So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of question marks across the entire conference where, Nothing would really surprise me here except for probably bowl eligibility, but I think Louisville's pretty much in the sweet spot, in my opinion, for like three or four wins. If they get to five, I think feather in your cap, that's an excellent year one under Satterfield.
0: I would would be hard to disagree with that statement. I mean, I would think for some reason if Louisville got to six and six, Scott Satterfield's your ACC coach of the year. Yep.
1: Mike, I think that's all I got. You got anything else for Ethan while we got him? I
2: don't think so. I think we're all set. This is a pretty – Pretty strong preview for what we expect to be a uh, a pretty ugly go of it here in year one. But hey, I think Louisville fans will just appreciate the team playing a lot harder and a coaching staff acting like they care. I think that's a, a step in the right direction after last season.
0: Yeah, you're right, man. The bar was set so low, and that yeah, you're right. It is again pop Warnerish as that feels. I mean, it's an accurate statement. I mean, fans want to see maximum effort. They want to see good attitude. And if they see that, I mean, generally this year, I mean, fans will be, I don't know about happy, but they'll be content with things.
1: Well, and Ethan, like you mentioned off the top, I mean, it, the, maybe the first and foremost thing that had to be rebuilt was the team's culture. And it seems like Satterfield has been doing a good job of that. So it's, it's about the only thing you can accomplish before anybody actually steps on the field. So it seems like that's been going well. And, and you know, hopefully we see that continue here into the fall. Yeah,
0: I I think you know again I really like this hire. He, it's certainly grown on me, and I think Louisville is in really good hands. I don't know again wins and losses in year one. You know I'm not I'm not going to hang my hat on that by any stretch as the um, season indicator, but I really think year two, three, and four Louisville is going to get back to, you know, competing for the second and third spot in the Atlantic once again. Absolutely.
1: Ethan, that's that's all we got. I think that's all we got. So um, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a great preview, a lot of great insights from a, a fan base that's been through quite a lot in the past year. Um, thank you for, for joining us. You want to tell the people where they can find your stuff?
0: Yeah, guys, I love the new logo as well. On louisvillesportslive.net, again, every Wednesday on 93.9 The Ville. Um, you can stream us on iHeart as well or log on to 939theville.com and uh, listen to us there. And then, of course, we post our podcasts um, on our website and also through SoundCloud. You can search Louisville Sports Live there.
1: Highly recommended. These guys do a great job. If you haven't listened, uh, do a great job covering the Louisville program and a lot of really good insights. So highly recommend checking them out if you're a uh, Louisville fan or just curious to hear what goes on at Louisville. All right. Uh, well, Ethan, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, really appreciate you coming back. Really appreciate your your insights here. And uh, we'll look to talk to you again soon and kind of check in at some point this season on uh, how things are going around the uh, the old Cardinal Stadium. Thanks, Ethan. Uh, Mike that's Ethan Moore 93.9 The Ville in Louisville Um, go check him out and check out his stuff Uh, we need to get out of here we got more teams we got to go preview but in the meantime Mike they can find us on Twitter I am at FTRS Joey he is at Mike McDaniel CFB and together we're at BC podcast ACC and once again you can follow Ethan on Twitter at underscore Ethan Moore Uh, he he, covering the Louisville program and all, all things Louisville so go check him out there. Uh, Mike, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, the Overcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, lots of different places. Uh, we are now on the Anchor platform, so uh, go find us there. Um, hit the subscribe button, uh, rate us, review us. We appreciate all those good things. Uh, and Mike, if they have questions, comments, concerns, I can send them all to the longest email address, known to man: basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Yes, sir. And you want to tell them where they can find us on the social medias? Yeah, Facebook.
2: Facebook.com slash Basketball Conference Rate Review. Find all of our podcasts there. Subscribe to us, of course. Joey's mentioned all the different platforms. Subscribe to us on any one of those, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a review, give us a rating, do all that good stuff. It can only help us at this point.
1: Please do. Please do. And uh, we are posting an announcement here shortly, but um, just as a, a reminder, we will be uh, moving away from the uh, SoundCloud platform. So if you had any uh, issues finding us, uh, make sure you check iTunes, check Google Play, Spotify, all these other good places that we'll be uh, having our, our episodes posted. So uh, look forward to you guys listening to us there. Uh, Mike, anything else before we get out of here? I think we're all set, man. You want to go preview some more teams? Got to, man. Got no choice. We got to, we got to the, the, uh, the previous series rolls on. So uh, until next time for Mr. Mike McDaniel and Mr. Ethan Moore, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. And until next time, go ACC.